0: What is going on everybody welcome to the Clydesdale media podcast this is our semi-finalist series we are trying to interview as many of the semi-finalists of the 2023 CrossFit game season as we can and I don't know if I've been more excited to interview a semi-finalist uh, than this guy right here I've got the privilege to watch you the last two years at semi-finals in person and man you always put on a show Anthony Davis what's going on man.
1: Hey, Scott. Oh, I'm doing well, man. Just living it
0: up. Uh, so. so I want to start with this. Uh, we have one of our loyal listeners who's a huge fan of yours, and he's already got the comment. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus saves, bro. So I, I want to talk about that shirt. Um, I was I was at Granite Games when you were sporting that during the competition, and when that came on, when you came on with that, I was like, that is the coolest shirt. So. Did you come up with that? Did you get it from somebody else?
1: Um, so at the time, I was I was on a staff with an organization called FaithRx, and they um, they still have chapters all over the country. They're doing some awesome stuff, just bridging um, the faith community and using fitness as sort of the avenue to direct that. Um, it's a place that's you know a lot easy easier ex- accessible for a lot of people, you know, especially in today's world where faith can almost come off as offensive or um, almost like a fence or a wall where, you know, bringing that into the gyms where maybe people are a little bit more already intertwined and maybe they didn't know people were even of the faith. And you start to realize like, these are your friends and these are people in your communities. And so um, at the time when I was working for them, it was just an opportunity. They knew that they had the, uh, max lift and they were like what do you what do you you know we have this shirt you know it's one of the original shirts that they wore would you be interested in wearing it and i was all about it you know my faith is the number one thing to me and in my life and um it was just a really fun moment and yeah i don't i guess i at the time i didn't over think about the impact of it It was just like it to me it is everything that i stand for and everything that i hang my life on so it was just a fun moment to experience that.
0: So i want to ask you, and this, this may be more personal for me. You know, I have this platform. I'm a Christian man. How do I use the platform um, to talk about Jesus and how do I do that? So I want to ask you, you, faith is the number one thing in your life. You have a platform because of who you are and the skills that God gave you. How do you, how do you ride the line of, you said it can come across as offensive. Not being offensive, being being open to everyone, and um, and and practicing what you preach and preaching what you practice—all of those things.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's really hard. And I think you know, if you you can get into arguments on the semantics of things, of like you know, faith and versus works, and you know, there's always there's always this confusion with this stuff. Um, but I just like you know, I try to think about my life before I met Christ and just, I mean, it, it always sounds cliche, but I'm a very different person, you know, like the things that I had done and the things that I'm not proud of, I'm sure there's people in my life today who would recognize those things that I used to do and may see the way that I live my life now. And they may want to hold me accountable to those things and the, and the sins and the areas of my life that I did mess up in, you know, but, um, Christ came to set me free. And, you know, I'm no longer viewed through the lens of my worst mistakes, but I've been forgiven. And those things have been put behind me on the cross. And, you know, it, it's given me a second chance to change the way that I look at life, the way that I carry myself in the gyms, the way I carry myself as a coach, as a best friend, um, and a, a husband now. Um, those things just... they they come naturally to me because I, I feel like I've experienced the mercy and the love in my own life. And so first and foremost is that I try to extend that same mercy and love towards every single person that comes into the gym. You know, I have really great friends who are not of the faith that I love dearly and I will always show up for them and want to be the best friend that I can be to them. And, you know, for me, it's just always, being the example and saying, like, you know, I don't do these things because I thought I'm a good person. If I could look at all the things that I've done, you could, you could argue for both, Uh, maybe good or bad. Um, But, you know, Christ covers those things for me. And so I have the freedom to, to live in response to that love. And that's just kind of how I've bridged that gap for myself, I guess, in life.
0: So, I want to, so if you're willing to share, what was that moment that brought you to Christ?
1: Um, yeah, actually, you know, it was wild. So it kind of started in CrossFit and in an old relationship stuff. I've always been agnostic, but I had never been, um, fully ingrained. It wasn't like a part of my family's culture growing up. We went to church on Easter. We did the Christmas thing, uh, at times I would go to friends, youth groups, but it was never like something I grew up with. And I remember, you know, I look back and just growing up in a broken home, some of the things that I used to do as a kid, um, you know, I had some addictions of my own in the past. We we
0: lost your voice for a second.
1: Oh, can you hear me now?
0: Oh, go ahead and speak again.
1: Can you hear me now? Yeah, now we got you back. Okay, sorry. Uh Yeah, I just, you know, growing up in a broken home and some of those frustrations and angers with life led to me kind of coping with things in unhealthy ways and through various addictions and some of the other stuff, I just think about myself, you know, like I was very manipulative. Um, I've always been, I have a way with words that gravitates people towards me. And in my past life, I would use those things to kind of get things that I wanted. And it, it sent me down a spiraling kind of avenue of ways of where I, I realized I was a manipulator. I was stealing things from people. I stole thousands of dollars or worth of stuff. Um, you know, I was addicted to porn pretty heavily and I would use those things as a means of escape and how I would talk and treat other people in my life. Um, and then, you know, I was in the, another just pretty terrible, not good situation. Um, and I had walked into the church for the first time, and the message I had heard was basically like, "God sees all of those things." And I remember just like sitting there, you know, obviously convicted. I think anytime you're faced with your own realities, like, oh, the stuff you're doing is actually hurting you, and it's your coping mechanism. Um, but these self-inflicted wounds, you know, they aren't good. Um, you just don't know how to do life without them. And basically, it was just unveiling all this stuff in front of me and all the things that I was doing in my life. And it was just the offering, like, you know, Christ sees you and all of those things and he forgives you and he doesn't want that life for you. And so I had given my life to him and I, it just, it started a path though, not easy that really transformed the trajectory of where I was going.
0: So I want to move this to your wife. Uh, I think you said best friend wife. Um, I look at your and hers Instagram and the way you guys look at each other and the love you have for each other. Could it be as strong without Christ in your life?
1: Uh, Absolutely not. Um, It is, I mean, being married is literally the greatest gift I've ever experienced. Just from the sense of just like, we both grew up in broken homes. So it was very much like marriage wasn't even, wasn't really anything we understood. And, you know, when we started dating and I just think about my past and just being able to, we were like, we're gonna do this as Christ-like as possible. Like not living in the same house until we got married, not having sex until we got married, Um, putting him at the forefront of everything that we did um and building our life around that um it's and then just to know like this person is understands grace as much as i do um and also believes that they've been forgiven of so much and so it's just easy for us in life to just have that lens like i see you as christ sees you all the time um and it just enables us to live a really awesome life. I mean, I just, I don't know if we've had a fight in our almost three years of marriage. Um, We get along well, we do everything together, we lead studies with our friends, and um, we just have something really special. And we both believe that that's directly hinged on all that God's done in our lives.
0: All right. I'm going to thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm going to I'm going to move over to CrossFit a little bit because it is semifinal season um, and you started CrossFit a long time ago. You're one of the OGs. Uh, You've experienced regionals. You've experienced semifinals, uh, sanctionals, all of that. You went to the games in 2017 on a team. What was that experience like for you?
1: I, the team was crazy, man. It was, it was super fun. I was still super young at the time. So it was like, I was 21 maybe. And I just remember, I mean, when I came to the games, that was like my, when I started CrossFit, that was my goal. It's like, I want to go, I want to see what the games is like. And just a random coincidence and a DM on Instagram, you know, Timberwolf invited me out to join the team and we went and, you know, had a blast. It was just like, it was so cool to be, in those arenas and to be on those fields and to experience the things that I did. Although I will say just like one of the challenging parts of it for me was, I think that was another big aspect of my faith when I realized I had lived the, the, the dream, right? Like this is the dream is to be here. Um, And I knew that that wasn't the end. I knew that that wasn't all that Um, and it, it tested me in, in interesting ways. Like I would never not look back. It was the great, like one of the greatest years of my entire life. Um, but it was also one of the more challenging and one of the more introspective years I've ever had to.
0: Aren't all the best years, the ones that force you to do that.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so you do the team and then you, you go back to individual, you do, uh, I think, did you go in 18 to regionals or no,
1: no, I actually missed it by one place because of one workout
0: that, that seems to be your MO through this. The whole career is like that one workout (laughs) that, that does you in,
1: um, yeah. Ah, uh, dude i wish i had an answer every every single year it's like anthony davis if he could just figure out these handstand push-ups he would be fine and i'm like i know and i work on them all year i don't know why those things are like my achilles heel but yes it was handstands again
0: yeah you and you and laura horvath need need somebody to touch you and give the, <laughs> the ability um I was talking with Jack Rosemont just about forty-five minutes ago, and we were talking great, about dude. how Michigan young,
1: dude too. Sorry.
0: Yeah, and we were talking about how young the sport was, right? And that it's amazing, like how far we've come when you look back at like thousand eight and two thousand nine, and that what they were doing there then compared to what's happening now. And I made the comment that I was having you on. Could you imagine an Anthony Davis being dropped into two thousand nine? throwing up the strength numbers that you did, you do now, then they would think you're an alien.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it would be. It's so wild. I mean, I remember looking up to those guys when I was the kid just coming in, just like, oh man, look at these, that clean and jerk ladder. I was like 355, no way. (laughs) And now, and then I think last year I did that for three cleans of front squats and a jerk, you know, it's just nuts. (laughs) <laughs> it's so crazy.
0: Yeah, I think Jack's response was, "Yeah, Anthony is clean and jerking their deadlift numbers." <laughs> so, so yeah, so, yeah, so uh, that's got to be like a fine line when you go to semifinals, right? You you know that you have to win those events. You have to hit the home run um, on those strength events to get that lead. So if handstand pushups come up, you, you, you have a cushion. What pressure does that put on you? Or do you just have fun with it?
1: You know, I think in the past, and I guess I'll intertwine a lot of my season right now, you know, the 2018 season, you, you know, taught me a lot about just the realities of the sport and life in general, you know, and to do everything with excellence, even at the expense of, things not going always as planned, you know, and you've seen me in the past, you know, I've had to attack those things and I, the snatch um, two years ago and then the clean and jerks. Yes. I I have to attack those into win um, essentially to give me the best shot. And, you know, this year looks a little bit different. um, Because what happened to Ricky Garrard actually happened to me in August. Um, I had a, I had a grade three separation on a mountain bike accident. Um, and so a lot of the off season, I opted not to get surgery just cause I've been doing this for, uh, I think this is like my 10th year. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, I've been, i put in a lot of hours and a lot of work, um, to take another six months off. You know, I don't, I don't make a ton of money doing this kind of stuff. Uh, so I opted not to get surgery. And so I I'm a I'm a different athlete right now um, than I'm used to being. Um and so that's gonna it's gonna create some new challenges and some new uh perspective on how to attack weekends. Um, but as always, it's you know, I I'm known for certain things and I, I think strength is gonna reveal itself in new ways this year, and I'm just hoping that, you know, we can enjoy every second of that
0: one I'm sorry I didn't know about the injury um uh, one thing I found about researching you is you're a very private person you do you don't put a lot out on social media you don't so trying to find details is is tough um but dang that's that's rough. My next question was gonna be you don't have to win the snatch event by 60 pounds <laughs> like you know, it, is it better to be strategic and just win it and save whatever you had in the tank or is that just not how
1: the mind works? Um in the past, all right, 2021 was definitely like I want the record. Like I did, I actually didn't even know I had known Tola had hit 335. I didn't know he had 338. Um I had missed that one. So I was planning on just doing like, just enough to break the record again. right? I had known he had hit 150 somewhere, which is 330. I'm like, all right, I'll go and try to hit 335. And then I saw on the ticker, they're like, the record is 338. I was like, Bob, you got to be kidding me. Like, all right, I got to try 340 now. Cause I, <laughs> I didn't even know. Um, and just kind of went for it. Last year, although I, um, still had a a big number i definitely strategically went after that um cuz i i thought someone might be able to push it um and i i was like i just need to do enough to stay in first but i don't need to go out and try to hit 365 which is kind of what i had hoped to try to do but
0: that's crazy and you were at, you were at granite games So you had to do it outdoors. Yeah. And, and on that turf, did your did your platform have any of the issues that some of the athletes had?
1: If I did, I had no idea. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I, I had the when I'm out there, man, like I Lifting for sure is, for me, it's the most fun thing in the world and living in St. Paul and the Twin Cities now, you know, like I look up and I see my wife and I see my friends and I see all the people from our gyms and it's just like, we're just like celebrating, having a great time. When it comes to the lifting and something I know I can do well, like I shut all of that other stuff off. It's just like, I just feel like I'm there with the people and it's it's just a really fun thing for me.
0: Yeah, um, Corey says, I'd pay good money to see Anthony and Tola have a liftoff.
1: <laughs> I might, a, uh, a healthy uh, Anthony, yeah, we might be maybe in squats right now. I'll, I'll go for it, but
0: <laughs> so the way that stadium was designed at Granite, you, you they put you guys in that like end where it kind of circles around and you're and the crowd is kind of wrapped around you. Mm-hmm. Can you, it's your hometown, can could you feel the the energy of the crowd when you were lifting?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. You could just, it's, it's so loud. Um, but I think again, it's like, I'm sure anybody who has something that they know that they can do well, it's like, they call it the flow zone. It's like, I can feel everything's happening, but I feel zero pressure. I feel zero anxiety. I feel like zero stress when I'm in there. It's just like, I, I can even talk to myself as I'm doing it. Like my first clean, I was like, all right, I cannot power another one of those. I should do squats cause I'm strong enough at the squat to just keep it up. So that I just switched to squats on the next two. And it went a lot easier. I could also feel like my right shoulder didn't get up quite as high. So I knew that I, when I jerked it, I was gonna have to push a little bit extra there it was just from the sense of just being comfortable in that situation. And also, the two years I did Olympic weightlifting when I stepped away from CrossFit is just like maxing out with hundreds of people staring at you in absolute silence. So, having like noise and people amped is, a, is way more fun than that for me. But
0: yeah, Devesh says uh, add Ghee in that liftoff, and they can have all my money. <laughs>
1: It would be fun. I was hoping I was hoping that I would get to go against ski one of these times, but yeah, we'll see. I'm going to yeah. have to,
0: it. It's tough because with him being in, in South America, you guys don't face off very often unless you all make the games. Yeah. And you, you and Tolo haven't made it as individuals at the games yet to be able to take on a Guy. I
1: know. I know although he was yeah man tola puts up huge numbers too they those two guys are incredible Um, yeah it would be a really fun thing if it ever all worked out i think that would be a great uh event
0: so i don't know if you know who wad zombie is he does memes on on social media
1: he's got the Um, cards too right correct yep
0: Now, he's becoming more famous than any of us. Um, He does a thing called Fit Wars. He's held one. It was Colton Mertens versus Scott Tetlow in a one-on-one, one-wad battle. And they did it live on YouTube. Um, And it was a way for the athletes to raise money.
1: Oh, that's very fun.
0: He's saying Fit Wars liftoff. You bring in the three of you, and there you go. But you've got to rehab that shoulder.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, dude, I'm so bummed. And I'm more bummed, too, because my wife is right. And she was so mad when I fell off the stupid thing. Um, Because it was, I mean, we were, after last year, it was, it was like the year I finally believed I was finally, like, back to my oldest self, in a sense, and we were on the right trajectory. And, you know, I did, I was able to get a 300-pound snatch a few weeks ago. Which is big, because um, even overhead squats, like I'm trying to jerk from the back, and I I could barely get over 335. So it's it's a it's been a tough mental thing just to stick in it and to stay in it. Um, but you know it's it's crazy, man. When you now that I've been doing this, and when I worked for Faith Rx, and I'm actually working another camp for a nonprofit uh, called Full Armor here in San Antonio in a couple weeks. You know as you know we always tell people to you know take those steps and to pursue these things and to you know face those fears and you know like a lot for myself right now is i might not be what everyone expects me to be anymore and in the past that would have just like absolutely rattled me but i just have such a a good opportunity to stand by the things that i preach to others and to exemplify the opportunities that i have in front of me you know like not everybody gets to go to these competitions, not everybody gets to compete in these things, and there are people out there who are working so hard and they are training so hard and they're putting their life and their money and their finances and their heart into this. Um, so I don't, I don't take these opportunities lightly, um, and I want to, you know, make the most out of them while I still have the chance.
0: Wouldn't it be the coolest story in the year that you don't have? your best your best weapon that that's the year you make the games
1: it would be a wild story man um you know obviously it's not my will to be done but i'm going to put myself in the best situation to make it happen um i mean we're we got some incredible athletes out there it's it's a it's a good spectacle and it's super fun it's it's fun to be around those guys i train by myself almost every single day for three to five hours. So it's when I get to actually do something with somebody else, it's actually fun. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to be out there.
0: So we have a question from Bruce. You've been in, you've been a part of a lot of different styles of season in CrossFit. Um, this is probably back to more like the regional days. Um, you knew where you were going at the beginning of the season. If you made semis, you knew where they were going to be at. You didn't have to wait for, if you were going to Atlas or Granite or wherever I was going to be. Um, what do you think of this season structure and compared to seasons past?
1: Um, you know, I, I guess it's hard for me right now because like in the past, how it was set up was like, you got to be with your people. Not that it's like bad to like kind of get out and experience the world. I've never been to California. So, and the first year that I went to the games was the first year they decided to go to Madison, which no, I don't got any problems with Wisconsin, but I'm a Michigan guy. So we don't, (laughs) we're on our side of the lakes a little better. You know, Um, I was hoping maybe an ocean or something like that, but So now I get to go to the West coast, but like the last two years, I've had the, I've had the luxury of being in my backyard. Like I don't have to spend, I don't have to buy flights. I don't have to book hotels. I, all my friends and family can come. Um, Now I'm in California and it'll be me and my wife and probably another friend and it would be great. It's still be a good time, but it's, It's not quite the same where like, you know, in central region, like we have like 30 to 40 people from the gym show up, you know, like that's so much fun um, to get to celebrate those things, you know, like as a coach and as someone who works in the gym, you know, the most important piece to me in all of this is that it's the community, right? Like those people, those people value me as the coach and as a friend and as a leader in their gym. And they also want to support and help me do the things that I can do well too. And so it's fun when you get to do that stuff together where now it's a little bit harder being split up. Um, I do like the big change. I'm assuming there'll be cuts. I don't know how they're going to do 60 people in a whole weekend, but, um, we'll see.
0: Yeah. The rumor I'm hearing is heats of 15, um, which somewhat disappoints me because as a spectator, the wider the floor, the harder it is to see the story.
1: Yeah, that, and some of those workouts are are wild. Uh, But yeah, we'll see. I actually, now that you say that, that opens up kind of the thought process behind the floor setup, right? Because, you know, 10 people, you can do certain things. You you start expanding on that. What kind of floor are we expecting to see? So.
0: Yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was Mac two years ago. They set the floor, like if you look at the basketball court, they went side to side mm-hmm. front for finish line to, to front or start line to finish line. And then the next year they pivoted and went lengthwise, which is the traditional crossfit layout yeah. um, of the basketball floor. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. I think it's gonna be crazy, especially covering it from a media perspective. Like we're there all day. teams, individuals, like that's a long, long day. But two things I wanted to bring up are a lot of us, a lot of us have never been to California. I think the Mm -hmm. last five people I've interviewed have not been to California yet.
1: Yeah. Now I do have a little bit of luxury as you can see from my Panthers hat. I was born in Florida. So I was raised in Michigan, born in Florida, but I love, so I love the heat. I love humidity. I'm assuming we'll be inside, but you like being in warm air. I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. You know how cold it is here? Like, and I actually used to joke, because, like, if you watch my season, the open's always fine. Quarterfinals, I kind of scare everybody. But then semifinals, I'm like, oh, he's actually better than maybe we expected him coming in. I was like, yeah, because I have to train in 56 degrees. Like my gym is fifty six degrees from November until right now, it's so cold. By the time a semifinal uh-huh. comes around, I'm finally warm. <laughs> I could like, I can move. I'm not an ice cube, uh, so it does feel nice. I'm excited for the warmth. You know what? Like, what? I
0: talked to Jeff Adler probably a month ago. He said the hardest part for him training up in Montreal is that when the weather finally breaks, all you want to do is get outside Mm. and it actually makes him peak too early.
1: Mm.
0: Like he actually like they're, they're concentrating very hard this year to woe him back. Cause as soon as the weather breaks, you want to get outside. You want to like, I mean, I live in the North too. Like I get that. He lives way North. Like we're talking really bad. Um, and he's like how he's, him and his and Caroline are trying to like slow him down yeah, so that he doesn't peak too early, which I've, I thought I never thought of until he brought that up.
1: Yeah, that would make, that makes sense to me. I mean, we finally got sunny. We finally broke 50 degrees this week. All I want to do, I might run to the gym later actually (laughs) because it it does feel (laughs) nice.
0: Yeah, so and then the other thing is I I I grew up in CrossFit um in the central region as well. Um I think that that was a big mistake going away from regionals. What you said was perfect. The community got involved more with regionals. You didn't have huge travel plans. It was just a road trip uh, to go see your favorite athletes. And from, especially if they were from your gym and to be able to go and route those on and those central regionals were jam packed and loud.
1: They were, oh, they were so great. And just even competitive wise, like you just meet so many people and you know, like, oh, Hey, you live in Iowa or you live in Chicago or you live in Indiana or you're in Wisconsin. Like hey, maybe I'll come down and work out with you every once in a while. Or you like, no, hey, when I compete next year, I'm gonna probably see you again. You know, you start to build those networks and those relationships with people. Um, I always joke like with Andrew Hiller, the first year we were both there, I could, I. they announced the strict muscle-up workout. Um, it was like regional Nate. I had never done strict muscle-up ever in my life. Um, I could do 17 kipping. I had never done a strict one ever, and so I got like three rounds. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like talking to Andrew as he's doing his strict handstands because he finished like, uh, I want to say like third to seventh somewhere in there. Um, but I'm like, hey, dude, keep going. Like you, you could actually do really well in this workout. And I'm just like dying. And he like turns over. He's like, is this guy talking to me right now? And I was like, but yeah. It was it was good. Oh, I think you might be muted.
0: I did. I muted myself. It's something I do regularly. Like I said, <laughs> done about 800 shows, still mess up all the time. You bring up Hiller. One of our audience members asks, uh, find out if he's doing the Hiller No Open, or I think he's calling it the Nopen.
1: The no I, unfortunately, no. Um, it does look fun, though. I like what he's doing. I don't have a problem with it. I think he's he has some interesting takes. I think he's a funny guy. Um, and, again, it's I like people who have a heart for CrossFit, and I think that's what he really does have. Um, and he's driving people. The only thing I don't always like is, like, sometimes it gets a little obnoxious. Like not him, but just like anytime you get this mass following of things, it's like this microscope of every micro chasm of the integration. Like, dude, sometimes I'm just like, oh, it's 3 p.m. I had coached the early morning classes. This is session two. I'm tired. If I post a video of me doing a couple muscle ups that aren't perfect, I don't want to see bats in my Instagram (laughs) feed you know what I mean? Like, and sometimes it's, it's just like, we're just like, I get it. I get the standard thing. If it's in a competition, obviously we all, we all practice to do everything as well as possible. I don't know a single games athlete who isn't striving to move as efficiently, as perfectly as possible. (laughs) But sometimes it just like slips up and I, like I don't need a bat or something flying around, you know,
0: but I totally agree. I think that is a great, great point to make. One um, of I'm, I'm getting crap in the in the comments. We need a Clydesdale <laughs> media shirt that says "You're muted, Scott." See, even the uh, they know that that's what I do. It happens. Um, so I, I've watched you over the last few years. Your body has changed from 21 through 22. You look lean now. Is that something you're concentrating on because of the handstand push-up issue? Or is it just a natural thing? You're just getting your nutrition on point?
1: Um, a little bit of both. You know, when I so in 2017, 2018, when I was the fittest I ever was, I was around 207, 209. Um, when you saw me in 21, I had just that October I had officially stepped away from weightlifting and came back to CrossFit and I was 242 pounds. Um, So I competed at the region or the semi-final in 21 at 235 pounds, um, which was not (laughs) advantageous (laughs) to say the least. Last year, I was able to get it down. I have a buddy named Scott who is uh, dialing in my nutrition for me, um, and we got down to two twenty-five last year. Definitely, I think I was a little bit more fit in terms of some of the other stuff, like a, a workout with chest bars and some of the other skilled cardio-style stuff. Um, again, it just there's always a workout. Handstand walking and thrusters is just like I, I'm never gonna out sprint people in those two things. And legless rope climbs at the end where I fall on the first one, so I was like, Well, that's a tough break, but yeah, you know, I'm coming into this season around 215, trying to get down and stick around the 210 to 215 range. Um, I just also feel better physically, um, like. I mean, when you're throwing squats and stuff, when I was 20 pounds heavier, I just feel the effects of that. Um, so I just think like for myself and even just in general in life, I just feel a lot better when I'm a little bit on the, the leaner side. I'm still obviously a bigger athlete relative to most of the field, but, um, yeah.
0: Well, I wanted to share a couple comments, uh, Judy says we would never do that to Anthony with the bats. At least I wouldn't.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, thank you, Judy.
0: And then Corey says, "My man looks lean and hungry."
1: I am both. I'm much leaner, and I'm also <laughs> very hungry.
0: <laughs> um, you were the talk last year. You started off the semis on fire. That um, everybody was talking about you. I mean, my job is to cover, and so I'm hearing all this kind of scuttle going on and I guess this brings us back to your faith a little bit right you you've just missed a couple years in a row at least the last chance qualifier how do you reconcile that and then the priorities in your life currently
1: yeah you know I think missing out in 2018 kind of uh fast tracked my ability to, handle those things. Cause you just have to deal with it. Um, especially coming after an absolute mountaintop of a season where you're at the CrossFit games and you're, you are, again, the talk of who's the next generation of athlete. And I was, I was amongst the people to look out for. Um, I wish that my faith was as strong as it is now back then. Cause I probably wouldn't have walked away from the sport. Um, the, I think the the pressures and the tensions of life um, caught up to me at that time. And I just didn't know how to handle it. And I needed to, I needed space away. Um, And, you know, now I, I do, I I am doing these things because I love it, but it doesn't take away from the time I spend with my wife and we hang out. I just dedic- I've done three weddings in the last three years. I'm an ordained minister. I dedicated a child this weekend. I'm coaching a camp in two weeks. Um, I have I'm a best man in a wedding, um, so we have some things coming up in a few weeks for that, and then that wedding's in June. Um, I'm coaching an athlete, um, she made it to the east semifinal on the women's side, so um. She's a, my first athlete that I've coached and been a part of that process. I won't be going there, but um, just getting her ready and feeling good, you know. So I have a lot of things going on. My wife just got into med school, so I'll be in the East next year. Um, we're moving to North Carolina in July. So just there's a lot of things in my life, um, all really good things. And I guess, you know, from my faith, again, is just like, how do I make the most of every opportunity? Um, and you know, people I've had, it's an, it's insane, um, just like the support I've received from people over the last couple of years coming back to the sport. Um, and it just makes me realize, you know, maybe I might not ever be the best CrossFit athlete ever. Um, but I think people, see something in me that they can relate to, um, as someone who is just putting their best foot forward, who's making those sacrifices, um, for his family and doing the things that he loves and not being ashamed for those things and not settling in those things. And I think that is part of the reason why people can get behind me a little bit. Um, and I don't take that lightly either. And so I don't even know if I answered your question. It's just, I mean, it's a lot of stuff we're trying to balance right now. Um, It's very busy. And sometimes I almost feel guilty that I'm not like the Frasers or the Fronings of the world who when they were trying to be the best, they were like, I have one singular focus. I got 8 million things I got to do. But I love what I do. I love the people that I work with. I love my family. I love that I get to be that positive influence on my friend group and those other people. And so I don't, I want, I don't want to miss out on those opportunities either. So.
0: Yeah. I, uh, zombie says moving out of the freezer smart.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, dude, it's so cold up here.
0: <laughs> so it's you're, so you're moving to the South. Uh, you've, you've lived in the Midwest your whole life. I'm telling you, for someone who, who grew up in Western Pennsylvania, right. I moved to uh, Northern Florida, like right on the Georgia border. Moving mm-hmm. north to south is a lot more different than you think it's going to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank uh, again. Thankfully, I was born in Florida, so I got family down there in Macon, Georgia, um, and the Florida Keys. So I know the pace of life is a little different, um, but. Apparently I have a friend um, who used to work at the same gym when I lived in Michigan, uh, Danielle Dunlap. um, And she'll actually be, she's on 12 labors, I think team this year. Um, So I have a connections actually, right. I'll be in Raleigh or just South of Raleigh um, in North Carolina. So we got people out there already. um, Lots of good things. Apparently the CrossFit is popping over there. People love it. They're into it, um, which is exciting. So. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it
0: sounds sounds awesome. Th- there's a couple other things I wanted to touch on, but I want to respect your time and let you get back to your day. Um, it's I got been, nothing it's but time. So and,
1: if, if you got to go, you can go. Otherwise, I, I'm just chilling. All right,
0: so. I'll, I'll hit you with two more questions. Cool. You, you got a guitar behind you. I am yeah. a music lover. Uh, so do you play?
1: I do. I actually, it was a gift from my father-in-law. A little over a year ago. So I've been playing for a year. Um, I could play, I've got pretty good on the chords now. I've always loved music, but no one in my family ever played. So it was never like something I ever got to learn. It wasn't something that ever influenced me. And so I kind of gravitated towards just music in general, like love listening to it. Um, I'm probably not what you would think I listened to, I'm like a big 90s kind of grunge kid is kind of what I gravitated towards. Like Nirvana, I love Bush, Bush is one of my favorite bands, um, Alice in Chains. And then I kind of grew up in the 2000s screamo emo music style. Um, so I listened to a lot of Yellow Card, Taking Back Sunday, um, A Day to Remember, um, Blink 182, um, New Found Glory. Those are like kind of my bands and stuff. Yeah. I got some worship stuff. I'm actually leading worship here in a a few weeks. So we'll see how that goes. I can't sing. So hopefully, um, somebody else will help step up in that department, but I can play some chords.
0: So I, I, I took up guitar late in life. Um, and the thing that's tough about, cause I, I was in college in the nineties. That's how much older I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was my music. Everything is drop D tuning. Yep. In that stuff. Right. And, and so I had actually had to buy a second guitar to just keep and drop D tuning because I got tired of going in and out of it so much.
1: Yeah. It's actually funny you say At that. At least that's what I
0: told my wife.
1: Yes. I know. I, I sometimes I'm like, I need a different I might need another one because I just am so sick of change. Right. Like if you try to play the Google Goo dolls. They have the worst tuning I've ever seen. Like obviously the songs are great, but they have eight million different tunings. I'm like, dude, I have this one guitar. If it's not in standard, if I can't capo it to make different sounds, I'm probably not just I'm just gonna skip that. So
0: right, right. My last question to you, and this is nothing to do with CrossFit at all, is you were a three-sport athlete in high school. Yes. Golf, football, and basketball. We are in this era where coaches and parents want to specialize their kids at like the age of five, which is to me, ridiculous. Are you glad you, you were diverse in high school with all the sports?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I am, I've always, I have somebody here's a here's a theory from someone in my morning classes is that I died in a mosh pit in 1992 and I reincarnated in 94 into this body. Um, I'm very much an old soul. Like I think I miss those ideas of what my childhood was like, just like, you know, we didn't have much. And so it was just like hanging out with my cousins and we had a trampoline. So we'd go jump on the trampoline. I was I played sports since I was two, like my parents put me in sports when I was two years old. Um, And then I mean, I played, let's see, I did t-ball, I did roller hockey, I played soccer, I played football, basketball. My grandfather, we lived on a golf course that my grandfather owned. So I played golf since I was eight. Um, I snowboarded. um, I did mountain bike. I still have it, but probably won't be doing any more ramps um, (laughs) after after the injury. so, yeah, it's just like, you know, I I like just being able to learn. And I think that was kind of what I always gravitated towards me. And even in CrossFit, it's just like there's so much to learn and how to use my body and to be as affluent in just coordination and athleticism. Now, I wish I could have figured out in, you know, 10 years how to do something upside down. Um for some reason, that is the the one thing that I could not figure out how to do, <laughs> apparently. Uh, but I always do. I'm like, man, I wish CrossFit would do something like throwing related or like, I mean, I'm not afraid to hit jumps on like a bike, uh, things like that or but. He just missed
0: hitting jumps on your bike probably ended up in a way you didn't want to in this last year though.
1: Yeah. But if they threw it at me, I would be like, I'm not like I've, I've done it before. It's just things like that. I mean, yeah, I would say I do. I do appreciate that. My parents really pushed me to do those stuff. And then I have a younger brother who's like a skateboarder, so he could always do cool stuff. Like I was like the normal sports athlete. He was like the cool sports athlete. So even like that, just trying to like keep up with him, trying to be cool with all of my friends because he was younger than me. But everyone thought he was cool because he was doing all the cool stuff. So it's just like, you're always just like learning and trying to be better and and using these different apparatuses. So And I think that's what I love about even guitar too now because I'm 28. So I haven't played music ever in my life. Um, so to be able to like, learn and figure this out. And I don't know, it's just fun. Something else to grow in, I guess.
0: Um, Eric says the old softball throw Ask Jason Kalipa, how that one went.
1: <laughs> I used to play center field. It's been a long time, but I still think I would fare well.
0: Um, I guess I have one more question. That is the way you just talked about all these diverse sports and how you love to learn, to me that sounds like a guy that would actually flourish in a game setting as opposed to the rest of the season where they throw the odd objects at you where they throw all this this stuff that you don't do every day in the gym. Do you think you'd be a better games athlete?
1: I think I think I would do better in the game I, like, I don't like to say it like this is like the way I like to word this is I think I would do better in the game setting. First, because like you said, it's a bunch of random stuff. Like throughout the year, I'll do one or two 25K trail runs because I just love doing long, random kind of stuff. Um, And I get to test myself in those different ways that not everybody else gets to test all the time too. So it levels the playing field for me. Um, And then also way more events. Like if you look at... um, like my semifinals, for instance, excuse me, over those six events, I have four top 10s, but I have two that are 23rd and 24th. Where it's like, if you gave me 10 events and my two weaknesses are eliminated, would I have enough firepower to hold my own relative over the course of a, a more diverse test? And what normally happens is at semis, they target skills. And so, like, I thought in the open this year, I was super pumped with the last workout that had 40 strict handstand pushups. I still did relatively well um, to the field, um, but it was balanced. It was balanced with heavy snatches, and it was balanced with um, double unders and wall walks. I can hold my own if it's balanced. But like last year was like increased handstand walking under increased fatigue in a sprint. Like I'm already not faster at walking than people. So that it's directly impacted by one I'm fatigued and two it gets harder in a small room for error space. That's gonna be difficult for me to overcome. where I think at the games, things are spread out a lot more. Uh, workouts are longer. They're less precise um, outside of last year with the double under crossovers and the that stuff. Um, I, think, I think my skill set would be more advantageous because I have a broader range of skills. I just have a few skills I'm so bad at. <laughs> I can't overcome it.
0: All right. We'll finish up with this question from Patrick. Uh, Does Anthony have a favorite girl CrossFit benchmark workout?
1: It's probably a tie between Jackie and Kelly. I love Jackie's just all out blitz it. I love that. Um, Where Kelly is the um, five rounds of 400 meters, 30 wall balls, 30 box jumps. And I used to love running. Oh, but Helen too. I actually probably, it's kind of a mix because you got the pull-ups in there. I may be Helen because Helen is like, you can't hide from Helen. Like you just have to go super hard on Helen. Like you have to run hard. Once you can do the other two stuff unbroken. Broken, you like just, it all becomes down to how hard you feel like running. And I like that feeling where you have to make that tough choice in the workouts. I can tell you my least favorite is Diane and my least favorite is when they make me do handstand walks after they make me do Diane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not, not surprised about that one. Well, Anthony, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for jumping on. Um, You're the coolest. I can't wait to see it semifinals. I'll be out there in Pasadena rooting you on and uh, have a great rest of your day.
1: Thank you, Scott. Thanks so much for having me on. I look forward. I'll I'll look out for you when I'm out there.
0: All right. And you in the audience, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you guys next time on the Clydesdale media podcast.